Outkick 360 is back across the Outkick network. Glad you're with us. Alongside Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. We are ready to go. Lance Lee, Jacob Swanson, Sarah Triplett making the show happen for us. David Reed is the chairman of the board. Shout out to Becca Risley and Sleepy Danny down the hallway as we broadcast live. Studio G right here in Nashville, Tennessee at Blackbird Studios and the Blackbird Academy. No Chad Withrow today. He is back with us next week after the July 4th holiday where he is visiting family in Nebraska. A lot to get to. Tennessee Power Hour comes up in about an hour from now where we get into a variety of topics for the Tennessee Titans and the Nashville Predators where we have the Stadium Series coming to Music City next February. Details on how that came about and why in February and not in January. That's coming up an hour from now, we hit the headlines across the country to begin the show. Paul, what's up? Well, there's a uh, little news out of Kuharski household uh, conversation that took place uh, for a good while, an extended conversation that resurfaced lately. And Jacob Swanson is about to share a photo okay. um, of somebody that is uh, soon to... Uh, Come on into our household, Jacob. Come on now. That, that I need a little speed. That guy. Nice. Coming over. It's a very similar dog to uh, RV uh, at the Reed household. Is this any? Is this going to be a larger dog or not? Sixteen to eighteen pounds. Okay, so a little like bigger. That. A little bigger. But still small, right? I was trying to find Extremely. something that weighed 15 pounds in my house Extremely last night small. to get a, um, uh, a feel for it. And I'm okay. I want a smaller dog. Um, I still feel like I'm betraying Finley, so I'm, I'm kind of torn on that. But uh, the wife and son were totally in. And I will say, we were kind of going through like a checklist of what this new dog would be. And then this dog popped up last night from one of the places that uh, the breeders that we like a lot and that the Beauclairs have gotten their dog from, David Beauclair, a sports writer in Nashville that many of you are familiar with. And this guy fits like everything that I wanted. I really like the red dogs. I really like this uh, size range. He's a boy. Um, and so I, uh, I kind of fold it. Not kind of. You 100% fold, <laughs> folded like a cheap suit because Paul went on the air, Nashville radio, and said, we will not be getting another dog until Finley passes away. This will not be happening, period. Uh, Chad and I both said, you will be getting a puppy soon. Uh, it wasn't soon. Paul was, uh, it was, it's soon. It's Finley is soon. alive. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Finley lives. And so does the puppy that's entering the Koharski household. Paul folded period point blank i like the name ripley i think it goes with finley i'm looking for a name that matches up with finley i welcome any suggestions i know there are a lot of dog lovers over there who will be more welcoming and less harsh than hutton is being and this dog's going to sit on my lap for a lot of years and i'm pleased i hope finley loves him paul sounds like, like a robot right him. now just repeat let me tell you who's naming this dog not Paul no, Kowarski. I'll be naming this dog. Not I've Paul got a lot he's, of he's throwing out Ripley because his wife and son like the name Ripley. No, no. True or false? False. What do they like? Uh, they haven't really gotten... Teresa will let me name the dog anything I want in exchange for getting the dog. I so think we should I've put that up for a, a poll then if that's the case. It's been made clear <laughs> that I am not the lead guy on this dog. I am secondary, tertiary. Uh, I am not at the forefront of uh, potty training this dog, uh, any of these things. I uh, have, have given in to the will of the family, which turned into a democracy for this. And uh, I love this look of this dog. I hope I love the personality that's been described to me of this dog. And that we have a smooth transition into a two-dog family. And then, uh, God willing... Uh, Finley lives a long life with us. We are a two-dog family, and uh, everyone gets along. How, how do you think Finley will, will deal with this? I hope it peps him up a little bit, gives him a, a guy to, you know, have some fun with and uh, be outside and play with and, and like that. I, I fear that there's another side to this where he uh, sees this guy coming in and feels like 
um, it's a death knell for him, and I worry about this. I think he'll be. I think he'll be receptive at first, and then <laughs> I hope he's not ignored. Equal treatment <laughs> under the law, and that has been dictated. Oh, Everything sure. that the puppy gets, Finley gets. We'll see. <laughs> well, we will see. Uh, I, Finley will be with Paul. Paul will be in charge of Finley. That I think that's what happens here. Well, and Finley Simon, and I are cool. Simon will be. I know, and Simon will be having to train the dog. Ultimately, it will be on you. It, it won't take that long to potty train the the puppy. He's two months old now, and I think we're delaying getting him until after Teresa's procedure is done. So the deposit's down, but we can get him, uh, you know, two weeks from two weeks from now after she is uh, healed by the surgery. That's uh, so. Uh, ten weeks old. Two months. Yeah. So ten yeah. weeks old. Yeah. So that Maybe that's nine. about the time that I brought Brody home. I think that's a good age, uh, two two and a half three months to start training immediately. Like yeah. you should have no issue at that age. Um, in fact, uh, can you pay whoever's boarding this puppy to start go ahead and start that training process for you? I certainly will. Uh, <laughs> will look at, I, I mean, I'm sure they do it with everybody, right? I mean, they're not eager to have uh, untrained dogs around. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. Uh, I'll be getting more photos and videos for those of you who are uh, interested. Ripley coming to the house. Uh, hopefully, Simon's cool with the name. I thought, well, he's not named yet. Riley and Ripley are the two I came up with. Though we know a few Rileys, and I'm not big into uh, naming dogs people names or people names that you know, at least. I don't know any Ripleys. You guys know any Ripleys? The talented Human Mr. people, Ripley. Ripleys? Ripley's, believe it or not. not, not, not I said, do you know any? Not do you know any movie characters? Ripley's, believe it or not. You have a neighbor named Ripley? Ripley. You have a relative named Ripley? That makes it safer, see? More dog-like, less human. Except, you, when I think of the name Ripley, I think of the Ripley's Matt Damon or not. movie and Ripley's, believe it or not. I'm okay with you thinking that. Soon, you'll, if this dog is named Ripley, you'll come to think of this dog. He will replace those things. I get, I'm gonna, it's coming from Missouri. On. It's a Midwestern dog. So you did not want to adopt. You wanted to uh, purchase from the breeder. How did you find the breeder in Missouri? Uh, it's a Beauclair's breeder. So oh, okay. uh, they, they've gotten two beagles from there, or at least one beagle from there. So they had recommended. Tammy had talked to Teresa somehow, and it got on Teresa's radar. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, they have had success, so they had have two great dogs, three great dogs. Um, you, you're okay, Paul, uh, with famous people named Ripley. I mean, there there are a number of people, but most of it's them. It's more a last name than a first name. I'm more concerned with naming after a first name. Oh yes, it, another name well, I like is Gidry, but I don't know if Gidry fits great. What do you think of Gidry? Gidry! Gidry! Here, boy! Gidry! Rip! Last night, Rip. not as not as fun as I thought it would be. It was not fun at all. Fans. Although, um, the the Stanley Cup final was it had some big-time moments. Uh, Tampa Bay is every bit as good as we expected them to be. Um, there were a couple of rough patches where we saw some fights, saw some blood on the ice, um, where they had to pause the action. So they're getting after it, Tampa Bay and Montreal. Uh, but that was buried by what was happening in the NBA playoffs where the Clippers survive for another game against Phoenix. Paul, Paul George was awesome in this matchup. Really? A career high, a career playoff high, 41 points. But the talk... Post game, uh, look, he's phenomenal. He's been phenomenal throughout this postseason, but they haven't won anything yet. And there was talk post game that he, he needs to be due more respect than what he's been getting, and maybe that's true. But the Clippers have a long way to go here uh, against Phoenix, uh, where the series is now three uh, two. Phoenix uh, with the the Clippers winning, and it's the third time. Uh, this postseason where they have staved off elimination. So so props to L.A. 
Reggie Jackson continues to produce at a very high level. He had some big baskets for the Clippers, not just last night, but throughout the postseason. Uh, he hit two threes in a row. Then he threw down a massive dunk in transition that was uh, just put it away. But, Paul, I, I, I look at what the Clippers are doing, and while uh, Paul George has been phenomenal, I just don't think they, they're winning two more games against the Phoenix Suns in this series. I think the Suns are the superior team, even though last night they they were not able to bring it as close as what we might have hoped in the final three minutes. Yeah, I, I agree. There's, there's something about the seven-minute mark in these games where it's like the time for the trailing team to either go or not go. Phoenix wasn't able to, to go last night for whatever reason. Um, and And... So I'm with you. The Clippers kind of show you something there and win some respect, but it, it's kind of like uh, it just feels like a series prolonger, not a pronunciation that, uh, not an announcement that hey we're in this thing, uh, just an announcement that hey we're not going to go as easily as you think we're going to go. Well, you know, Paul George was asked after the game whether or not you know he receives unfair criticism in in big time moments if he thought that was the case. Uh, if I think it, were, it was phrased if he was picked on more than others. And he says, I do. You know, it's not like I can go out and shoot 80% in the second half, 85%. I think he was better than that in the second half, like I did tonight. Uh, but, and I'll read directly. He says, it's the honest truth. It's a fact. I can't worry about that. It comes with the job, I guess. I still try to go and dominate. And so I'm beyond that. You know what I mean? It's, I am who I am. I wish I could shoot 80%, 75% on a nightly basis, but it's not realistic. What I can do is do everything else. They can judge me on what they want to. That part don't matter to me. That's all fair. But then I hear, you know, DeMarcus Cousins say, I don't know where this trolling BS has come from on the internet, uh, controls the narrative about these players. Um, Reggie Jackson is quoted in this story as well about uh, give this dude his flowers, man. There are no flowers handed out. When you get within one game of a series, trailing three games to no, one, and halfway through a series, that's just not it's... happening. Uh, but but Paul George has been phenomenal uh, with Kawhi Leonard out of the lineup. Give this dude his flowers. I, I nobody's getting flowers after a, a a great game or even after you know a, a good showing up to this up to this point. You know, and I, I read an interesting article about uh, you know on the other side of this about what's going on in Atlanta, you know, and, and Trey Young and how, how uh, you know, a funny thing that goes on in the NBA and in, in sports in general, like Trey Young has gotten um, Atlanta this far. They're not expected to win that series now, right? Milwaukee's no. the better team. But he kind of sets a standard for Atlanta now that they should go at least this far, right? And so next year, if Atlanta doesn't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, it'll be, oh, Trey Young can't carry this team you know, this far, when maybe this year he's done more than is reasonable to expect of, of him. Um, so NBA's weird with that, uh, the, the politics of how far a guy can take you or can't take you. And Paul George shouldn't be in a position to have to do this much or do this much when the best player on their team is out and not, not going to, to show up. So um, it's one of those weird situations where, like, the Clippers sticking around for a good while in this series is – a win. Well, but it's not a win based on the super team that they've tried to put together there. Um, and Paul George and the narrative with Paul George has been that he can't carry a team solo. That's been fair. It happened in Indiana. He went to Oklahoma City and tried to pair up there. Couldn't happen. He ends up in L.A. So now he's paired up with Kawhi Leonard. You tell me where that narrative is wrong. Yeah, it, it's not. Uh, and I, I don't think he should be getting uh, bouquets. Uh, well, for, for but this that was a playoff, terrific... uh, these, this postseason has been phenomenal for him. But previous seasons, <laughs> he's not due any flowers. But it's also, um, you know, you're not just talking about uh, subtracting Kawhi Leonard, but, you know, who, who, what's the substitute situation? You know, you're not talking about, okay, he, you've given him a, a major star, right? But he's not on a team with a, a above average guy in that spot when he's not there. You know what I mean? You've completely subtracted that thing. So it's a lot to ask for him to win without, with a zero 
there. You know, uh, I think it's, it's asking too much. Look, Phoenix is better. Um, I, I was surprised that they couldn't find traction last night in that last seven minutes because it seemed like they, they were in, in range in that game and they couldn't get anything going. So that was they kudos just, uh, to Los Angeles last Chris night. Chris Paul looked really tired towards the end of that game. He had that foul that was uh, yeah. that Beverly was making fun of him for, and I thought rightly so. I mean, stuff like that just happens sometimes, yeah. and it doesn't have to be a federal offense. Yeah. The league seems determined to always sort out whether it's a federal offense and, and leans that way. Bucks and Hawks tonight. Uh, where Milwaukee leads two games to one in the best of seven series in the Eastern Conference Finals. And here is where we have Giannis and Middleton that have combined, where they're averaging for their, for their team, combined 48% of their points have been through those two players, Giannis and Middleton. 41% of their rebounds have been through those two players. It is the two-man show in Milwaukee. And just to put in comparison what 48 and 41 mean to the postseason, LeBron James is a part of a duo twice that is better in in terms of those types of numbers. LeBron and Kevin Love in Cleveland, and LeBron and Anthony Davis with the Lakers last year in the playoff bubble. They averaged better than 48% points, 41% rebounds. But that's the dominant force that Giannis and Middleton have been for Milwaukee, and that's what Atlanta is missing when matched up against them. I mean, this seems predestined, right? Well, and Trey Young on, is questionable. Let's, let's get on to Milwaukee and, and Phoenix. This is even with L.A. coming on the thing. And Trey Young being questionable, stepping on a damn official's foot that I just feel like should never have been near uh, yeah. uh, on the floor. Like, he, he's one foot onto the floor where – one step back takes him uh, into out of bounds, which isn't that where he should have been positioned? I guess, I'd be pissed I th- if I'm I Atlanta. So. Like, why is he in range of my guy stepping on his foot and costing me uh, my, my guy whose floater is carrying me through this series? And now yeah, he's going to play, but he's not going to be as as. He was bouncing. clearly affected by, by the injury after, after, after the third quarter in real time. They had the MRI. He has a bone bruise in his ankle, and he's questionable. Now, to me, he's playing, but he was affected in real time. And then after you know he gets off the ankle a bit, he has a day's rest. I, don't, I just don't think it's enough time, and that's why Milwaukee is a big favorite tonight, just on the money line at FanDuel. And we're, uh, we're all over Milwaukee Yes, we are. Tonight. We have uh, the Hutton OK360 be. parlay coming up, but you can go to FanDuel.com slash OK360 and take advantage of first-time bets up to a thousand dollars risk-free you get that back in site credit if you lose your first bet with FanDuel uh, and again up to a thousand dollars site credit FanDuel.com slash OK360 to sign up just circling back to Ripley if we may yes I've misidentified whose breeder this is I'm giving credit to the Beauclairs <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Teresa's commented several times on the <laughs> on the Facebook post it's the Schneiderman's breeder. Okay. Todd Schneiderman. Yes. Also very, uh, like, I would respect any, I would respect any recommendation from Todd Schneiderman. Yeah. A t-shirt maker extraordinaire. Yeah. His, uh, his wife spearheaded their campaign for yep. a lovely small dog. She says that Simon and Teresa are already calling him Ripley. So the name has. The name is Ripley. The name has traction. But she also says that Jonathan clearly does not know how our house is run. I wish I saw that in real time so he knew exactly what she was being critical of for you, but uh, she does not I, feel like you understand how things are panning out. Oh, I, I take that to mean that she will be taking care of both dogs, is what. Yeah, is what, yeah. I, I think that's, that's how I take that comment. I'm going accurate. to guess yes. that that's what she meant by that. Not that Paul and Simon will have anything to do with this moving I forward. I will be doing, trying to do a better job of plugging into the NBA Finals, <laughs> and she will be looking after <laughs> Finley and Ripley. Uh, let's hope the finals go that long. That you like two weeks from now, we're still talking uh, about a, a, a decent series. Um, Stanley Cup final. Look, Tampa Bay. We mentioned this to start. Five-one win over Montreal. Tampa scored twice on their first three shots of the third oh, period. And one of those shots uh, was spectacular. Hundred million dollar rosters paying off. We hit on that yesterday. And consider that Tampa 
they're so good that they played a full season without one of their best players, without their best forward, and they still made the postseason by a mile. Like, it's, it's not even close in comparison. And last night, the talent level did not look anywhere close to competitive for Montreal. The first goal goes in, and it looked like the Canadians were done at that point. Deflation. Yes. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, odds are, are very steep in their favor, and last night uh, showed you why. And uh, I had a bad parlay yesterday, but I had over five and a half in, the, in that game, and that's the one I hit on in a 5-1 win. Um, and that's a lot of scoring in a Stanley Cup final game. Five, yeah, 5-1. Five, Let's keep the high scoring going. Um, and, it, you know, we, they added several goals there in that third period. Um, high scoring first inning for the College World Series. Vanderbilt gets seven runs in the first. Both teams end up with five total hits. Ten hits combined in game one. The final score, uh, not indicative of how the game played out after the first inning. But Vanderbilt put it on in the bottom of the first after Mississippi State was able to get a run across and you thought, okay, here yeah, we go. They're on lighter. They, he's not going to be invincible tonight. Yeah. They, they made it moot. Um, you know, and lighter was just fine. But Vandy comes in, has that giant inning, um, gets that great catch on the foul ball where uh, the right fielder covers a mile yes. to get from his spot and navigates the wall Coming head first, a, f- a terrific defensive play that really was another spark. Uh, look, they, they looked like the best team in baseball last night. Sorry, Sarah. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they take care of business tonight and, uh, and bring the trophy back. The plaque, we call it a plaque. It's kind of a <laughs> yeah, plaque-ish trophy. Yes. Back to Nashville uh, and our back-to-back uh World Series, College World Series champions. They certainly looked the part last night. Um, and we talked about the shots of, of Al Leiter during, a, a, during a Jack Leiter pitched game. Uh, I, I, it was plenty for me. Whistler, destructive. I don't know how Carl, uh, Carl Ravitch says, I, you know, I never noticed it before tonight. And his yeah, two booth mates possible? were like, what are you, insane? Uh, that, that's humanly impossible. So that was Carl almost- Ravitch has incredible f- broadcasting focus, apparently. I was watching that live, and I thought, okay, because it, it was about the seventh or eighth inning, when it, and there was a long pause, and I thought, he's making this up to fill time. Like, there's a gap in time in what's a boring College World Series right. game. They need to, they're in the chatting part of the and game. And he's just trying to bridge some filler until he gets to break, because they go to break out of it. And I, I just took it like he just made something up to fill some time and get some chatter going and go to break. Because the other two guys... There's no way that was the first time he's ever heard the whistle. The other two guys were kind of like me talking to Kirby, saying, you are (laughs) insane if that is the first time that you have heard There's no way that that's the first time he's noticed the whistler. Really well played game. They show shots of the guy in the crowd. Yeah. They're just good. Yeah, Uh, they are. They're just good. And... um, you know, if they if they can't win it tonight, then you've got Rocker mm-hmm. for the decisive game. Um, they're in good shape. They're in very good shape. Um, and the and the Mississippi State folks last night during that first inning, where you're watching them in the crowd. I mean, it just took the air out of the place. Lighter was very complimentary of the Mississippi State fans, but I, I and you know I don't know that we get the full sense of it on a telecast. But I certainly felt like uh, once they put up that seven spot, they, they took any kind of, of fan fervor out of it, all right? I mean, it, it deflated. Well, state fans are a lot different without the cowbell. Yeah. You take that away, the artificial noisemakers in Omaha, uh, and they sound like every other fan base. That's what makes them distinctive. And they, apparently, there are a ton of state fans in Omaha. Yeah, I'm not surprised. My my uh, my big group at PaulKowarski.com, my little group, I should say, we're having a conversation about like the whistling versus uh, unified cowbells or unified vuvuzelas or something. And I, yeah. I think there's a fair debate to be had there. Like, if everybody's doing something, it might kind of collectively be annoying, but it also creates like a a, a wall of sound thing where everything's kind of in that sound, right? 
you get what I'm saying? Like, if there's a chorus of cowbells, then the whole thing's cowbells. If there's a singular whistler, <laughs> it's this uh, yeah. one thing over here. Like, we're working in a, in a remarkable building with sound studios and recording studios. Uh, I can never remember what that fancy, fancy room with the, with the wooden walls is called. What's that sound Adobe system? Atmos. Atmos. You know, and they could make one little sound over there and turn it up. That's like the whistler. One sound over there turned up, as opposed to the whole room surrounding you in cowbell or vuvuzela. <laughs> Those are two very different experiences, and I think most of us find one preferable to the other. We hear the whistler like Phil Mickelson hears a clicking sound in his backswing. You can't hear anything else. <laughs> like the vuvuzela constant thing, you kind of get used to. Though I know people at the, the South African Olympics uh, South African World Cup were incredibly annoyed by that, but I still think that's kind of like a, a blanket sound that you could get used to as opposed to this, like, one woodpecker. Carl Averts, I, I respect the job you do. Uh, that's not the first time you've ever heard the, the Whistler. Period. Yeah, I, that was I a gimmick I don't to get you to commercial break. Yeah, and to, and to spark a conversation there about, <laughs> about him where you let the other guys be the bad guys. That's right. Not a gimmick. MyDrHank.com. Slash outkick, 50% off. Look, erectile dysfunction affects over half of all men. It does not make you have to feel like half of a man. Since 2017, My Dr. Hank has been making America hard again. My Dr. Hank helps you get low-cost ED meds and overcome the psychological and emotional barriers to getting that ED treatment. They secure, secure your prescription. They then ship it to you discreetly every month from USA Pharmacies all for as low as $2 per pill. MyDrHank.com slash Outkick. Well, you go there, you sign up for your first subscription order, and you get 50% off. We're big on these introductory discounts here at Outkick. 50% off your first subscription order. What a deal. MyDrHank.com slash Outkick, the website. Coming up, we discuss boring Tom Brady. Uh, not boring, the 360 Masters. A shout out to Taylor Farms, Lucent Logistics for making it happen for us. And a shout out to Lance Lee and Jacob Swanson who give you this recap. I'll kick 360. Time for the 360 parlay from FanDuel.com. We are Team Milwaukee tonight. We go to Wisconsin, and we pump up the Milwaukee Bucks and the Milwaukee Brewers, as well as the Swedes, Paul. Here yeah, is the 360 yeah. parlay Jacob's from FanDuel.com. Sweden Moneyline, and we're doing this early today because it's a 2 o'clock central start time for Sweden. And then we're going Moneyline on the Brewers tonight. They're taking on the Cubs, Woodruff on the Hill for Milwaukee, and then the Bucks Moneyline. With Trey Young, questionable with the ankle, minus 275 money line for the Bucks. The three-team, the three-leg parlay, $5 wager will net you $24 on the payout. You can sign up and join us at FanDuel.com slash OK360. And among your first sign-up, you can bet 30-1 to 1 odds on any team to win in their NBA game. So you can take the Bucks at 30-1 to 1 odds tonight if you're making your first bet, 30 to 1 odds, $5 maximum bet will get you $150 as a win this evening at fanduel.com slash OK360. Paul, a lot of players fall into this boat, but is Tom Brady intentionally boring with the media? You can chime in at Outkick360. You can also join us on the YouTube chat. Uh, Players do this all the time, but Brady says that 90% of what he says and answers, he really doesn't believe everything that he's saying, or he's leaving key parts out on purpose. As someone that's trying to dig for that 10% when he's yes. actually giving you the truth, how do you feel when he says that? The greatest of all time. I mean giving us 90% BS. It's no surprise. Uh, you know, most of these guys are, have gotten very good at it. You know, Manning 
uh, was very good at it. Maybe uh, it certainly offered m more uh, and, and was seemingly more thoughtful about it. Um, I think Brady's windows are also smaller, tighter. Um, but we see here in the off season, you know, he's in the barbershop show and he says something. Uh, he's on James Corden, uh, you know, for a 12-minute, you know, edited down to 12 minutes. I think they should have given us more. I'm sure there was much more there. On a golf cart ride in, you know, the version of carpool karaoke. There was not a lot of karaoke going on. I haven't seen this yet. But he did, told me great did sing the first, you know, uh, first two minutes of the opening number of Hamilton um, with Corden, which is, you know, <laughs> a, an unprecedented Tom Brady yeah. moment that's fun and out of character and amazing. And he's, he's talking about, you know, doesn't everybody love Hamilton? We sing it in my house all the time. You know, which makes him relatable on a whole different level, you know, and he's playing around with Corden, you know, sizing him up. At, no, you're a center, you know, and having him snap to him when he's Corden's trying to throw or, or do whatever. Okay. Then Corden brings out, you know, when Brady's about to hit a putt, brings out a windmill. And, of course, Brady, you know, nails a putt through the windmill, uh, you know. But it, it, it's managed – but it's managed more. And that's what we want. It, I, that's all anybody wants is to see more Brady because he seems like a too-good-to-be-true guy. I think virtually everybody, sure, we all hate the Patriots and the Patriots' success, and now, by extension, probably Tampa Bay, because of his outrageous success over time. If he's not on your team, you're obligated to a degree to dislike him, like you might respect the hell out of him, right? But because when he beats your team, you dislike him. But when you're talking about all-time greats, you just want to see more. Like how valuable are these clips when you get Brady or Manning or any of these guys, Rodgers, out uh, unscripted or seemingly out of their comfort zones? See, I think, I think the, the greatest sports figures go in cycles of love and hate. This happened with me as a kid in the 90s with Michael Jordan. Like, grew up huge fan of the Bulls. Then I couldn't stand the Bulls because they won all the time. And then I loved Jordan again uh, towards the end of his career because you realize you were watching the greatest. And, the, the and you're in, in real time. In real time. That, that's Brady. You, you love, everyone loved Brady at first in the early 2000s. Underdog story. Then they won all the time, right? I got sick of it. You get sick of it. Now he leaves and goes to Tampa and at the age, at 42, goes and wins a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's now 43. And people are on the bandwagon again. And he's out of, he's, I don't even know if it's outside of his comfort zone. We just haven't seen this version of Brady, partly because he played for the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. And we, we see this a lot, but Logan Ryan's a good example. Logan Ryan didn't do a radio show when he played for the New England Patriots. He did whenever he played for the Tennessee Titans. Um, there's just a different version of the player. That's their version. That's who they are. But we don't see them if they're playing in New England, even if you were the greatest. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, you let your hair down in a different way. And he, you know. He's also on the this Bucks media The Bucs were a likable team because they'd been bad. They've historically been sure, bad. Sure. They had that one great team, you know, with Sapp and Brooks and and, and Dungy that that were very uh, likable that uh, and finished with Gruden. But historically, a bad team. The year before Brady arrived, not a good team. And he comes in, and you think, wow, you know, everybody always talks about how long it takes, and you have to install and all of this mm -hmm. stuff. They had the COVID shortened off mm -hmm. season, and they built it up during the year, and they won it. There's no way not to be impressed by what you saw there. And then you see him wobbling off the boat, drunk. <laughs> you know, there's a lot. I think it's very much the cycle that you talked about. You like him at the beginning, you tire of him in the middle, and now. You know, maybe it's not as close to the end as we think, or maybe it is, but it's an admirable thing. But, th but think about it. So he did this in New England, though. He let you into part of his life with that Facebook watch show. Yes. 
And all we could talk about was him, you know, the kiss, kissing his son on the mouth. Like that—that that was it. That—that that was the highlight of the show. Now it's a different Brady. It's him in Tampa. He's living at Jeter's house. You know, he's he's wobbling off the boat. He's promoting what he's doing right now is promoting the match, which is on July the sixth, with uh, him and Mickelson taking on DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's it's like this media tour promoting the match, which is brilliant. They've gotten them to do a lot. Yeah. Yes. And 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 I'm glad. Like I, I can't wait to see what Brady is like post career. But at the same time, I'm enjoying him more now because I realize we're at the end of his career. Maybe he plays a couple more seasons. We hit on that at the end of last week. Sounds like he's going to play till he's 45, 43 now. But I'm, I admit, like I'm, I'm relishing the in the moment of knowing that I'm watching the greatest at the very end of his career, trying to hang on to every last glimpse of what we have while he's playing. And we talked about the match last year, which was a big moment because there weren't a lot of sports yet going on, right? And so the audience was big and hungry, and it was pretty entertaining, and Brady did a good job with it. And there's a lot of vulnerability there. For a guy who's the best of all time in in his sport, who goes out and doesn't play well for for a long stretch of that match and then kind of salvages his game, who's no professional golfer. I forgot all about that. You're right. Yeah. He, and now he, he's going he and doing it again. terrible at first, and then he hits some big shots. Yeah. There's a, I, I mean, making yourself vulnerable that yeah. way takes some some stones. There's also something that's like the, the reason why he's hated is it's really tough to hate Tom Brady. You, you Like everything he does Well, we does like excellence. We like excellence. really good. It's like... Of course, he hit the putt with the windmill in front of him. Like, well, they may, that may have been several takes too. You don't know, but probably not. Right? Like, yeah. You know, like that. It's if you really want to pick at Tom Brady, it's hard to pick out something that is truly wrong with the guy. Well, right. We'll make fun of the fact that he hasn't eaten strawberries. Or he's never but had a sip of who amongst us doesn't wish but, that we had the discipline right. to maybe not go that far? <laughs> but, you know, if I could stop eating chocolate, I'd live a lot healthier life. Or if I could eat it, you know, one, once a week instead of twice a day, you know how, I'd be a lot better. And here's the guy with the absolute ultimate discipline. You know, there are those who say someone is very Christ-like. Paul is very Brady-like in that he's never, you've had coffee. But you don't, you don't drink coffee. Once. You've had it once. Brady's never had a sip of coffee. Ever. That's hard to do. Like, to try. You, to not even have To tried. not even try coffee. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you pick at him because, or I say you, we, we, we pick at him because of, you know, just how rare it is to hear some of these stories. But it's hard to gripe and complain about the life of Tom Brady. It's more envious than it is, you know, hatred. Yeah, and I don't like the... Uh, Overly disciplined, meticulous uh, person. I, I, I think, you know, come on, you got to let your hair down you know, once in yeah, a relax. while. Or relax a little bit. But there's something about him that it doesn't strike me as tight. You know, it's, it's not a tight discipline. I mean, it is a tight discipline. Like, the... Uh, the I'm sure it's evolved. It's, a, it's a, uh, certainly a packed-in discipline. But there's a looseness about him while he's disciplined that I think he struck a balance there that's hard not to respect. So if you're hating on him, it's for two reasons. He's beating your team on a regular basis, and you, you, you're annoyed by that discipline. I'm annoyed by the discipline. I have some friends that are very disciplined like that. It, it, it annoys me. There like, are only... On. Sleep in one day. What's is going to kill you? Yeah, Lance. Sleep in past 5 a.m., please. Making us feel... Terrible. Well, I think Lance has some seven. other areas where I'm thinking he's not as disciplined. <laughs> this is just my guess. I know we him. don't know. I don't know him that we well don't know. yet. Go, go ahead, Lance. Comment. <laughs> Confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> We're not even going to bother asking Jacob that question. Yeah. I have no problems thinking that Jacob is overly disciplined. <laughs> it's hard to hate so, Jacob just no. the same yeah. as Brady. I mean, I could find some things to pick apart uh, for Jacob, but it wouldn't be his overly disciplined lifestyle. <laughs> It's the looseness that we're very Jacob, you need of. some discipline. That's right. <laughs> hey, so real quick, I was thinking about this while we're wrapping up the Brady discussion. Um, two things. First, is there is there a team he could have gone to play for that would have kept the hatred alive for Brady? 
because everyone, you know, you mentioned the, the Bucks have sucked. And yeah. he goes and wins a Super Bowl for Tampa Bay. If he chooses L.A., if, if Tom Brady goes to Los Angeles and plays for the Chargers, is it a different perception that we have of the player? If he goes to Pittsburgh, it's like he's joining one massive super team, another a team one. that wins trophies, to another team that wins a bunch of trophies. Um, the Raiders make me feel the Raiders, a little yeah. bit like that. Yeah. To go to the there's not too many the though, like bad boy franchise. I, I, That's not really a bad the boy bandwagon, franchise anymore. But it's a per- another bandwagon team. There was talk that that New Orleans could have been on the radar of Brady. Um, before Breeze came back. I don't think that would have bothered no. me. I, I don't There's I don't not know. too many. Look, I think the getting out from under the bad of New England, and look, all the bad, quote-unquote bad, is offset by the results, right? The ends justify the means, most people are going to say. Even people who hate New England, even Jets, Dolphins, and Bills fans that spent his career losing to them twice a year are going to say the the methods of Belichick and Brady, you have to say, are justified in how much they won there. Not just Super Bowls, but the division and the AFC. Um, And so it's hard to, to begrudge them that. But seeing him out from under Belichick's, you know, personality lists, uh, thing where it doesn't seem that, where they're not having fun in the locker room that we can see um, is a different thing. And so wherever he went next, it was going to be new to our eyes, him being out from under that. I, I, so I think wherever he went, it was going to be yeah, better I, for I us. Agree. He, he also told uh, LeBron in that chat that the shop on HBO that one of his goals, and he, he's joking about this, but He's also part serious. He he respected the way, and he, they played against each other. Uh, he respected the way that uh, Marshawn Lynch handled the press going into the Super Bowl because he was able to figure out a way not to get fined, but yet answer every question. Malcolm Butler's Super Bowl. Uh, yes. And it was the, the same media day where Marshawn Lynch was saying, I'm just here so I don't get fined. He, he repeated that phrase. 29 times during his press availability. And Brady said, there have been so many times that I've been in a press conference setting where I wished that I was able to do exactly what Marshawn Lynch did, which was hear a question and react just with no emotion, with the same phrase over and over again that fits any response necessary. Uh, he won't be using that phrase because Marshawn Lynch has trademarked that phrase. He did that in 2015, um, and Lynch has trademarked several. But the the idea that Brady will give the same response, and he says he's thought of what he might do. He wants to do it one time before he retires. So I wonder when that moment would be. It needs know. to come after a win. It'll be funny in that regard. I wonder if he'll be able to hold to it. <laughs> well, can he break the record? The joke The joke was, can he hold another record, which is breaking Marshawn Lynch's 29 times of repeating the same phrase. I bet he can't do it. Yeah. I bet he won't try. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, coming up, we hit some other headlines of the day, and we get into the Tennessee Power Hour, which is coming up in about 12 minutes. A lot to hit locally across the state of Tennessee. Uh, But before that, some other national headlines. Straight ahead on Outkick 360, hang with us. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network alongside Paul Kuharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow back next week. Crew doing a fantastic job, including David Reed, the chairman of the board, Becca Risley and Sleepy Danny. so we saw, we've seen our first logo in college football among quarterbacks, Paul. Uh, at least the first one I've seen. Graham Mertz, the quarterback at Wisconsin, uh, that has a big-time fan base. This is the trademarked Graham Mertz logo, uh, which will go into effect July 1st. So if you're a fan of the Wisconsin Badgers, if you are a advertiser, if you are in the area, he can lend his name uh, two certain things for name, image, likeness, 
and this is the trademark logo personalized for the Wisconsin and for the Big Ten quarterback. Is it good? So, I kind of like it. Um, I it, liked it, and then while you were talking about it, I started to hate it. And, I, then, and now I don't know where I stand on it. I, you know, it's, it's one of these where he's, I, I think the M is in the same shape as the Badger ears, um, and you have the initials in there. The G is a little deceptive. <laughs> it's also kind of a 3D yeah. model, right? Uh, anyway, there you go, Paul. That's what we're going to start seeing more of. Um, and, you know, look, I, I start thinking about where we're going to see more of this. All of these players now are going to have their own merch at NFL drafts. Like, here's Mertz, who is, is a, a, a good quarterback. He had a good season last year in the limited time that the Big Ten was allowed to play. And going into the next draft, you'll see all this merch everywhere. Like, imagine Trevor Lawrence with his own logo during the draft and during his final college football season or during the college football playoff and what that would sell. I, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. Um, I, I think, too, you know, the right kind of guy is growing up to a degree thinking about that. Look, you're, you're growing up in high school wearing uh, – TW Tiger Woods thing yeah, on the yeah. golf course or TB12 polo or you know you're shopping through that stuff at stores right at least seeing it mm -hmm. now if you can wear your own you I'm somebody own. that's done this I have paulkowarski.com logo you can wear your and own and I went from can... wearing an ESPN logo to wearing a paulkowarski.com logo that's a pretty cool experience yeah and you can do that you can do that now and pinpoint certain areas. Like, you know, they're going to pack 90,000-plus into their stadium every Saturday. Like that, There's some value there as being the quarterback of that team. Yes. Um, now, where is he allowed to sell it? Like, what's his relationship with Wisconsin in terms of selling it? Because Wisconsin is not going to want to lose out on selling Wisconsin merchandise. What's his re relationship with with? his team and his program and his athletic department can he get his stuff not him necessarily a guy can a big time heisman trophy candidate get his stuff get his name image likeness people to strike a deal with their pro shop or their website or the local apparel company how do you get in there, if you're talking about like really making money yeah. on your merch, and oh, I mean, but think about what he can put—he can stamp that on literally anything. Yeah, you know. Um, but what do people want it on? Now the free market is at work. Yeah. So, but you're not going to come up with that, right? So you're hiring somebody. Sure. So now you, you've got not you, not just money coming in, but money going out in terms of who's doing that. And that's why I, I mentioned last week I. I think as, as part of this overall plan, schools and universities should be hiring the best marketing firms available and making them exclusive available to their to conference. Kids. Like you're only getting the best at Tennessee. You're only getting the best at Alabama if you come into an SEC school. He's not just the most marketable player for Wisconsin. He's one of the most marketable players for the Big Ten. So from a conference perspective, there's value there too. Like there, There's unlimited possibilities here, and it doesn't matter – Right now it does. It's not going to by, by the start of the month uh, because the NCAA is going to enact temporary guidance that's going to allow all athletes to monetize name, image, likeness as of July 1st and bridge until federal legislation. That's the NCAA's response to what we're already seeing here in, in Nashville and in, in the state of Tennessee and what's legal, what you can do in Alabama what you can do in California that's already started. I mean, July 1st is a date for other states, and it's also the date for every institution that's a member of the NCAA. Is there any push for federal legislation? Like, I think there needs to be for the NCAA. That they're going to, they, they want some rules and regulations. And I think, I think there needs to be a cross-college football so that one state can't offer more than the next state, and that you have somewhat of a, an even playing field, even though you're opening it up for payment. Um, and th this is not 
for, th this is for the name, image, likeness, not for the pay to play to come to the school. Yeah. Um, th th this but there's has nothing no, to do with the educational funds. But it still kind of sets it up as a separate deal, and the tone of um, of the Supreme Court ruling, which I know wasn't about name, image, likeness, uh, the tone of Kavanaugh's comments, not the tone. What Kavanaugh said was... What's legal and what's not. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it didn't separate out sports. No, you're right. He, he compared it to what? Four or five other industries and said this is no different than hospital workers or... or uh, musicians or whatever. I don't remember precisely what they were. So my question is there, what's the impetus for the federal government to go make a rule about name, image, likeness for sport, except for those lawmakers having an interest in what's going on in their home state for those athletes, which the Supreme Court could then say, we don't care about because I'm going to go back to what Kavanaugh said right. in a 9 nothing case. It's no different than healthcare workers and all these other industries, and there's no reason to set parameters for them when we don't set parameters for everybody else. It's I, just a free market thing. I, I think that's why that in the free market, they, he wants some federal, the NCAA would love some federal legislation they can point to so they're not getting sued. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is the bridge until whenever. And, and basically what they're saying is, they're not going to punish you for profiting off of your name, image, likeness as long as you're not profiting off of athletic performance uh, or per, per performance. Per performance. Because um, you're going to benefit from performance. Yeah, yeah. If this guy's playing particularly platform, well at Wisconsin, sure, sure. his stuff's going to sell better. His autograph's going to be worth more. But th this guidance that the, they're putting in place is, it was termed as a bridge. You can call it whatever you want. It's, it's stopgap. It's it's to allow a fair, a, a more fair playing field, starting July first, state to state, because they have to act. Because right now, not just conference to conference, team to team, state boundary to state boundary is a lot different. And you know, with California, USC is just crushing it with what they can offer out in LA. Well, what what can you do at Wisconsin? And how do you combat that? Yep. This, is how, this is how it's they're going to do it. It's messy. I don't have confidence that whatever happens is going to effectively clean it up. Right. Or that if they come up with something that effectively cleans it up, it'll stand up in court. Well, that too. And it, once it gets to the legal – once it gets to that level, the players that will be involved in that suit will be long gone because the court system takes for forever yeah. to get going. Um, we don't have to wait that long for the stadium series to come to Nashville. There's been a lot of talk about that in recent years, and it's finally happening. February of next year, the Nashville Predators will be hosting their first ever outdoor game at Nissan Stadium, home of the Tennessee Titans. How did it come about? Why now? That and more, and what the event means moving forward for the franchise. That's straight ahead on OutKick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to OutKick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.